So it's, it's trusting something that is beyond you. It's trusting the, um, that you're supported and that you're loved despite the pain that you're going through. And it's also, I think this is a really important piece, like getting out of our own way, releasing that victimhood that, you know, we all actually possess during our life at some point. And then when we go through our deep healing, we can transform it. But this is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And that universal truth is so key. Welcome to the Be It Till You See It podcast, where we talk about taking messy action, knowing that perfect is boring. I'm Leslie Logan, Pilates instructor and fitness business coach. I've trained thousands of people around the world, and the number one thing I see stopping people from achieving anything is self-doubt. My friends, action brings clarity, and it's the antidote to fear. Each week, my guests will bring bold, executable, intrinsic, and targeted steps that you can use to put yourself first and be it till you see it. It's a practice, not a perfect. Let's get started. Hey, be it listener. How are you? Oh, okay. I cannot wait for you to hear this episode. So I, I'm going to try not to ramble because I just want to get into it. Cause Lena Franklin is just, she's amazing. Like here, um, a woman who's just so in touch with her, her purpose on this planet. And there's something about being around people like that, that makes it so much easier to step into your own power and awesomeness. And we talk a lot about stepping into your power and the fear we can have there. And I just share this with you because here's why. I didn't grow up with people around me who are doing things that I wanted to be doing. I didn't, I didn't know a lot of people who were being their true selves and, and unapologetically being that I didn't know a lot of people who weren't being in their e- like working with their ego. I didn't know a lot of entrepreneurs. I didn't, that this didn't happen. I didn't see that. And so it can, I understand if you're someone who is walking through this life and just going, it must be so easy for them because it wasn't, I don't, I don't know that I don't recognize that. And I say this to you because what I did is it was scary. It was really hard. I felt like an imposter all the time, but I, constantly tried to seek out people who were doing or had done the things I wanted to be doing. I kept seeking out those relationships. And here's the thing, every single one of us has a gift. And so what I learned in doing that and putting myself in rooms and putting myself in conversations, putting myself in places with people who had a quality or a skill or had done something I wished I had, I had something that they wanted because we all have amazing gifts. And I say that to you because this, this new year, it can be anything you want it to be. And if you're listening to this in another year, this day can be anything you want it to be. And I can't wait for you to listen to her be it tips because she'll explain how you can do that. Cause I don't, I know I say that and people go, yeah, right. Leslie, like today's a bad day for me, but like get to the end of this podcast. Cause you're going to freaking love that you can, you have every day to have an opportunity to step into the person you want to be. You've actually multiple moments in each day. And being until you see it is not like a light switch. I'll just turn it on and now we're it. And it's not that it's going to be easy every day. Some days it's going to be easy to be until you see it. And other days it's going to be like, what in the world? I don't know what I'm doing. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm tired. I'm freaking exhausted. (laughs) Hello. Like I can't be up today, but it's, uh, it's a practice. 
everything we're doing is a practice and it's about the reps. And, and I just challenge you to keep listening and keep being it till you see it and take those tiny action steps each day because they add up, they add up. It's like a snowball effect. So I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for sharing it. You, you need to know that every single download you do has a massive impact on so many others because every single download you have actually helps other people find this podcast. Every time you share this podcast, whether you text it, tweet it, Instagram it, all those things, it is how people's lives get changed. And if we're all being it till we see it, doesn't it make it easier for you? <laughs> right? It does. So thank you for being you. And after this quick message, Lena Franklin. As you know, you cannot fit you in around everything else. Instead, I have my students schedule their life around their Pilates. I want to give you a free 30 minute Pilates workout. Go to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. Again, onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. And let me help you make time for you. At OPC, our 30-minute workouts help you do life better. All right, be it listener, what's up? Okay, so I'm so excited for today because I was listening to this amazing woman. When you hear her voice, you're just going to be like, okay, I can just listen to you for hours. But I was listening to her while on my holiday vacation, and she was talking with my dear friend, Amber Shaw, who we've had on the podcast. So if you haven't listened to that one, you have to go back. But I found myself talking to the two of you on the podcast and I wasn't not involved in the conversation. So I was like, I just have to have her on. So we, <laughs> so I'm so excited to have you on here, Lena, but this is amazing. Can you please tell everyone who you are, what you're rocking, like what you're doing in this world, because it's beautiful. Mm, thank you, Leslie. I'm so grateful to be here with you. So I'm Lena Franklin. I'm a modern medicine woman. I'm a transpersonal psychotherapist and transformational speaker. And my work is really all about sharing ancient Eastern practices and ancient healing approaches, modalities here in the modern world in an accessible way for anybody to really optimize their human embodiment, to really be the best, most expansive versions of themselves. Um, and I am honored to do this work. So I, I actually learned meditation originally when I was a young child, my mom taught me meditation because I grew up in a Buddhist Christian home. So my whole life's journey has been this kind of interesting integration of East and West. Okay. So first of all, that is an incredible, interesting childhood to grow up with. And I think it's so amazing how things set us up, but I, um, you know, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier before I started recording, but also our listeners have heard like Brad and I go to Cambodia a lot mm -hmm. and there's something when you go to a place where they practice these Eastern practices, like really practice them, you can be, you can come and be stressed out. And then that plane lands. It's like you, you're going to get ground. They're grounding you. Like it's happening and you can go with it or you can fight it. But I remember when I landed there, we got in the in the tuk tuk, and I was like, "Babe, my soul is home." And he goes, "We haven't even. It's dark. It's 10 p.m. We haven't seen anything." And I was like, "No, I feel so at peace right now." And then you go, and you like, we're so great. We were, they teach us a few things on on um, honoring the Buddha and the temples, but also like just sitting still. And it is so. It's so. It sounds so common sense to sit still, but like it's so hard for us here to do that. And so I think it's just so cool that you grew up with both of those as parents in your life, because 
I think you can relate to people so well. Cause I mean, if you, I was raised Christian, but even if you're not like just being in that Western society with one parent and then having the Eastern practices from the other, like you can actually like translate it really well. <laughs> totally. Totally. I mean, it was so interesting. My dad's um, Christian, he is Presbyterian and we need, I feel these Eastern practices now more than ever because of the the state of the world. And just, it kind of feels like we're living in a pressure cooker, but yeah, I, I grew up witnessing my mom sit at our ancestral altar and light incense and the, all the rituals. And, you know, when something horrific or, or painful was going on in the world, she would make us as kids sit in silence and tune into the compassionate heart, the energy that flows through our heart in really sharing it with the world in this intentional way. So, you know, at the time I thought it was kind of strange, obviously weird, like mom's being weird in her monk robe again, doing, (laughs) doing her, um, all her little woo woo spiritual things, but it planted these incredible, just powerful seeds within me, um, that didn't blossom until much later in well, my life. And I want to talk about that because like, I can imagine as a child, you're like, but none of my mom, my friend's moms do this. Like my friend's mom, yeah. something bad happens and they're like probably panicked. Like, and you yes. think that that's the normal thing to do. Like, mom, mm-hmm. why aren't you doing this? And so right. did you, did you grow up knowing you were going to go into teaching this or did you kind of like wind your way and come back around? Yeah, it's a great question. So I did not know as a child that I was going to be teaching this, but my mom did. So she would say things like, you're meant to bring people back to my homeland. So my mom was from Vietnam. Okay. So that's, that's where my maternal lineage is from. And I'd be like, okay, mom, you know, I have no idea what you're talking about, but just, she had that mystical kind of healer energy, but because we were in a very conventional Western, you know, society and town, it wasn't fully acknowledged. It wasn't fully honored. And so I didn't really realize the gift she was sharing with me at the time. Um, but, you know, as I continued to, to evolve on my own path, I realized, you know, people would just gravitate towards me naturally, you know, at school when, when friends would be having issues or problems or, you know, needed some support emotionally, I was naturally the person they would gravitate towards. So eventually I realized I was meant to help other humans. I just didn't know exactly what that looked like. Yeah. So how... Because I, I mean, I don't know, I don't want to like insert my life, but I think of like, I had no idea what the heck I was going to be. So like, you know, and so like, as you're, as you're doing this, like how, how did you go from like, okay, people are coming to me and then to where you are today, which is you teach people like you're a life Mm -hmm. coach and you teach all these practices. Like what was that shift? And then and was that easy for you? Like, you're like, oh, this is natural for me. Like, of course I'm doing this. Or did you feel like you had to work towards it in any way? Yeah. So most of my childhood life, like even through high school and into college was very focused on physicality. I was a high level athlete. I played soccer. I got a full ride to play soccer at the university of Georgia. So it was all about physicality, competition, sports. Um, and what, what really changed the trajectory of my life, Leslie, was was really my own pain and suffering. My mom actually suddenly passed 
um, when I was in my first year of grad school. So I actually, you know, at that point I knew I was meant to help people. I was in grad school for social work. So I was getting my master's in social work and she suddenly, you know, died of a stroke, healthy, you know, didn't have any, any health conditions, but just had a sudden stroke one day. I literally had talked to her earlier that day. She had been to a friend's horse farm and had the most beautiful, joyful day. And she had a stroke that evening and was in a coma um, for a few days until we could see her. And then she transitioned. So it was really through my experience of grief and loss and pain that I fully committed to my yoga and meditation practice. Mm. And that's what sent me on this trajectory. I realized, you know, sitting, like you said, sitting still, it was more healing than the traditional therapy I was in at the time, because I could see myself in a way I'd never seen myself before. I was so much more expansive than the pain I was experiencing. It was almost like I was having this existential experience through the pain I was experiencing. And my mom, in that moment of her transition, she became a spiritual teacher in soul form outside of, you know, human form. And so it was our soul's contract together. You know, she was, she was meant to transition when she did. And that's what set me on my journey of helping, you know, so many other humans on their path. That is so powerful because I think so many people, like, of course, my instinct is to say, I'm so sorry, because that is a terrible, tragic thing to lose the, someone who's such a person in your life, such a support, but then also for that to be the reason why you are mm-hmm. who you are and doing what you're doing. Yeah. It's almost like if that didn't happen, how would we get, how would you get here? You know? Exactly. It's like, you know, what you see in the Buddhist temples, the mandalas and all of the, it's like everything is shifting in divine sequence. And that was what was meant to happen. Like a domino effect to set me on this, this path of really living out my soul's purpose in this particular lifetime. Um, And then now it's no coincidence that a big part of my work is teaching people how to alchemize and transform their pain and suffering into their greatest strength, because those resistance points are really access points into our deeper healing and transformation. Okay. Thank you for bringing that up because I was like, how do I get the listener at home? Who's like, okay, Leslie, that's great. She was set up her mom totally trained her, set her up for this. It was a divine, but that didn't happen for me. Like mm-hmm. that's not how like mine was. So like, how, how do you, like, what is the thing that you can use to get people that you used to help people see that this great pain is actually their greatest, would you call it resource or? Yeah. Yeah. Like what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you can answer that, but like, do you know what I mean? Like how do, what, how do you tell someone who's sitting there in pain and suffering? Like, this is actually going to be the greatest thing that ever happened for you. You know, it's important for someone to get that message, but they're not actually going to see the fruits of their pain until the fog subsides a bit. What I would say to those listening, because as humans, none of us are exempt from pain and suffering. I mean, our the pain is inevitable. Suffering is optional because the suffering is us fighting with ourselves, not wanting to feel this present moment experience. Mm-hmm. So in that whatever you're experiencing right now, whatever challenge, painful situation, piece of suffering, um, the most important question that you can ask yourself is what is this pain trying to teach me? 
And if we, if we think about that, like that, everything is working in support of our evolution, even the most dark, painful moments, then we can flip the perspective and transform our lens to receive life in this much more easeful way. Because if we're here on this planet and we're, we're going to feel challenging moments, then why not transform them into our greatest lessons? Because that's actually why we're all here. So it's, it's trusting something that is beyond you. It's trusting the, um, that you're supported and that you're loved despite the pain that you're going through. And it's also, I think this is a really important piece, like getting out of our own way, releasing that victimhood that, you know, we all actually possess during our life at some point. And then when we go through our deep healing, we can transform it, but this is not happening to you. It's happening for you. And that universal truth is so key in all of this. It is so key. And it's, uh, um, I think it's like, I wish people, I wish like when you're young and it's like, I wish my parents had said, this is happening for you, you know, yes. as opposed to not saying anything at all, because having to unlearn that victim stuff mm-hmm. and some, for some people, a victim mentality gets some attention. And so then they, it's yes. a learned behavior. So now this is a thing that they're keeping. And so, um, Obvi- like I, I think I would be the first person to say like I have a really I have a hard time meditating like <laughs> sitting still yeah. like uh, <laughs> yoga practices like I finally found a teacher who talks the whole time I'm like thank you so much like please yeah. my chatter is you got to talk over this so yes. <laughs> so I, that's why I've like found myself in breath work because I really when you talked about that expansiveness y'all like I have felt that and like until you feel it it's kind of like what are they talking about these people like, right but. It is that is a breath that is a way I've been able to meditate. So how do how do you help the person who's like, okay, ladies, I'm hearing this. I've heard it many times. I'm ready to buy in. How do I sit still? <laughs> how do I do this? Like, do you have tips for that? Yeah. So okay, what I'll say is we only use such a small part of our percentage of our human brain. Yeah. You know, like three percent, something very, very small so much is happening within your consciousness, within your body, beyond your human awareness every time you sit. So many times, and I tell this to my meditation students all the time, is a successful meditation is sitting still from the first bell, when the first bell rings, to when the last bell rings. It's a commitment to stillness, even if you're not perceiving anything, we'll say expansive, happening. Mm. So for someone who's like, okay, that's, that's great. But like, I, when am I going to feel the benefit? It will come, you know, it's like trusting this process that is deeper and more, um, multidimensional than what you can even perceive. So as humans, we know so little part of this is like, just admitting, like we know so little and going back to the basics is one of the most powerful things we can do. Connect to your breath, Breathe deeply into your belly, sit still, listen to your inner self and cultivate the greatest relationship you'll ever have, which is the relationship you have with your soul. And I promise you, if you commit to that every day, you will begin to feel different and you will begin to deepen and expand and transform yourself. Yeah. I mean, I, you are correct. And it's interesting. I was telling someone earlier today, on another person's podcast, they asked me like, how did you even get into Pilates? And I said, it's the weirdest thing. I really didn't think I was going to love it. I really thought this was to be this dumb thing. 
And I went. And in one moment for the first time, even though I was moving, I wasn't sitting, so I was doing the hundred. But my brain and my body like had this like, <laughs> it's like they mm. saw each other for the first time. And like, yeah. I felt parts of my body I never felt. And mm. I... I, that, that led me to being able to sit still from at least one bell to another, but Mm -hmm. it's the practice of it, right? It's like trusting like, okay, I wasn't really good at this today, but I got down on the ground and then I do it again. And I do it again. Like, it's like you're giving my body confidence that I can do this. And Mm -hmm. so when I started doing breath work and mindfulness trainings, I was like, okay, I'm not going to be great. I'm going to be a beginner at this. And I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to have the expansive things because just like when I was beginner at Pilates, I couldn't do the roll up, but Mm -hmm. you, you do get there. And it is this interesting thing because your brain is eventually going to, once you get past like sitting still from bell to bell and going, okay, so nothing crazy happened. I just sat here and like nothing bad happened either. The ceiling didn't fall in, the world didn't implode. I think that's another thing that people have to get used to is like, it's going to be okay if I just sit here for this amount of time. So, um, you know, you, you work with so many people and, and you do some really awesome work in just helping people. I was listening to Amber's, um, relationship with you and like what you've helped her do. And, and is there a, a framework or a system that you like to use with people? Is there something that you do that really helps people kind of step into their own power? Like what, is that something that you work with? I do. I would say, you know, one of my specialties and and parts of my purpose really involve coaching and stepping people into the fullest expression of who they're meant to be. So in essence, like their, their authentic power. And one of the portals into that is meditation because that's, you know, that's a way that we intimately know our, get to know ourselves. So there's a method that literally came through me one morning in meditation. Um, and we have a meditation temple here at the house and I was sitting there and, you know, it's like amazing when you do open up and you become a clear channel, what, what moves through because you actually have the space to hear it and to listen. So it's, um, it's called the being method and it's a way that we can work with our inner life, our emotions, our thoughts, um, in order to kind of what I call like clear the space and to embody this authentic power that has always existed within us but maybe has been tamped down by different thoughts, belief systems, different dense energies. So kind of briefly, I can move through it. Yeah, the the being method. And it's really helpful. You can use it outside of traditional meditation. Um, So the B of being is become aware of your thoughts, you know, becoming aware of what's moving through your mind. We can't heal what we're not aware of. So what are the default modes of thinking that you experience on a day-to-day basis? Because you have to begin identifying that. So um, I teach a lot of kind of conscious, mindful journaling as people are unveiling deeper layers of awareness. So become aware of your thought process. What are you thinking in a patterned way? The E... Um, is enlightenment begins at the moment of your awareness. So I like this one because we think enlightenment is something outside of ourselves, something that is so far away that only Jesus, Buddha, other ascended masters were able to experience. No, the moment that you become aware of something that's in your consciousness is a moment of enlightenment. So we can have many moments of enlightenment throughout our day. So when you're becoming aware, it's like, oh, yes, you are in an active process of transforming yourself and healing yourself when you become aware. 
So it's like, to me, that that one gives that a lot of hope. Cool. Because yeah. you're, when you said enlightenment, I'm like, okay, I, yeah. I don't know. That's like the nirvana. <laughs> right. That's like you're right, floating right. on clouds. But you're like, no, actually, the moment you just became aware, like enlightened, I'm like, oh, I'm in. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. I mean, and we can enlighten ourselves all day long because we can become aware all day long. So I think that's a really important distinction for, you know, for, for anybody, you know, in this realm who wants to really cultivate a more mindful present life. Yeah. So the I is to ignite intention, you know, being so committed to what you want to call into your life, how you want to live, how you want to feel and committing to that every day through thoughts and action. So what is your intention? What are you going to ignite in your life? For me, this year is all about expansion and expansion unapologetically in all ways. So my thoughts, my words, my actions are going to align with that intention. So being getting very clear. And of course, our intention shifts over time, you know, one month or one year, some intention may serve us, but giving ourselves permission to allow that intention Mm -hmm. to, um, to evolve as we evolve. So the N is all about non-attachment which is, you know, it's actually a very traditional Buddhist psychology tenant. So, and it can be one of the, um, the most challenging steps because when we desire something, we have an attachment to the outcome, but as much as you can, when you set your intention and you commit to align to action, if you can release, you know, align with the energy of release, releasing that intention into the universe to unfold in its own timeline then that is key to creating the inner and outer life that you deeply desire. So that non-attachment piece, because, you know, your higher self operates from non-attachment. It's your ego that operates from attachment. So that makes me think of just really quick side note. We had a guest, um, her name's Hazel, and she talked about miracle goals Mm. and like, like not just going, oh, I want to have a house. She's like, I want to have a pimp mansion. I yeah. want movies and music videos to be filmed. I want to have big parties, right? She had no yes. money, like none. And then she's like, and but she's like, I'm going to have this. I believe it. I have that intention. And then she like did the first little tiny step. Right. And then mm-hmm. nine months later, she's freaking in this mansion. They're filming music <laughs> they videos. Mansion. Yeah. <laughs> but like, I may, when you say that, like I, cause I'm in a process of like a really big goal and mm-hmm. I'm like, I am really, that, that's the one I struggle with. Cause it's like, I have to take the action every day. And so like not letting the action taking get attached to the, you know what I mean? Like, it's like, mm-hmm. cause like, you got to do the things that someone, yes. you know, <laughs> so that's a that's challenge. It is a challenge. Yeah. And so that's why it's a practice. You, you work with it every day. You set the intention, you make the aligned action. And then I love, and this is a very kind of shamanic practice, but literally breathing, using your hands out from your mouth, from your body and really aligning so deeply with that non-attachment piece, that release piece, it actually creates a swifter result. It feels mm-hmm. counterintuitive, but it creates a swifter result. I love that. I'm doing, yeah. I'm borrowing that. Thank you so yeah. much. <laughs> You're, welcome. You're welcome. And then the last step is, is just what naturally happens. Growth naturally happens when you practice the steps before mm-hmm. in the being method. Your true nature is 
expansive evolution. Your true nature is power. It's success. It's abundance. We're simply getting out of our own way by working with our thoughts and reprogramming what's not in alignment with what we deeply desire. So the being method to me is, is it's such an accessible way to do some of this work. Okay. This is beautiful. I mean, I couldn't think that's like a great way to be it till you see it. Cause it's like, Become aware of your mm-hmm. thoughts. Right? Yes. Now you have enlightenment yeah. once you have awareness. And then and then you you keep going through it. And I just um what I also like about it, thank you for making reminding people it's a practice because I do mm-hmm. think that it's, everything really is, isn't it? And we get hung up on, oh, I didn't do it right today. I didn't do it. Oh, that's not working. And it's like, no, actually that's part of practice. Like you're going to stumble. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to make tweaks in it. You're going to realize, oh, I'm totally attached today. I'm really attached. And now I'm aware of that thought. And, (laughs) you know, so I think this is really um, helpful because I do think you said um, fullest expression of ourselves. And I, Mm -hmm. I find that a lot of people struggle with, with either trusting that that's a possibility for them or, being comfortable with that. Yes. Yeah. I believe that, you know, one of the things that we're most fearful of is our power. You know, it's really our power. And that's, that's where we carry so much resistance is like in that metamorphosis expansion, because all of our, um, all of those old outdated belief systems get triggered. You know, who am I to fill in the blank? Mm-hmm. And and that's where I think we can't practice these things without compassion, self-compassion, because we are imperfectly perfect humans. We're going to falter. We're going to make mistakes. We're going to have heavy days. Um, but this, if we treat our whole life, like as it's own living meditation, that our whole life is a practice. I think we can have more grace with ourselves. Um, but this, you know, it's not, it's not easy. These practices may be simple. Like some of the concepts are simple, but they're not always easy to implement. Isn't that the truth? Simple is really yeah. easy. I, um, I'm so grateful we're having this conversation because it's like my first, it's like my second day back in my office. And mm. I, um, and you know, we're, we're doing a big, scary thing tomorrow. Like I'm where I've been wanting to expand, uh, one of our companies big time. And mm-hmm. I had to get a way of like the attachment of when that was going to happen because like, wow. I wasn't seeing the growth that I needed to see. And so I was like trying to like control that growth. And I was finally like, okay, we're just going to pick a date where we're going to bring on these new teachers into the program because I do believe that if everyone has a Pilates practice, even a 15 minute one, they get connected to mm-hmm. themselves. Mm-hmm. They connect to themselves and connect more to others, right? And they're practicing doing hard things through movement. So if you can't yeah. do it that day, how you talk to yourself on the mat is information for you. If you can't do it, but you pick something else, you just told yourself, I can do hard things. I can find another way. I can do this stuff. And yeah. so we're constantly reminding them. But I needed to have other people, other voices, because not everyone can hear mine. Not everyone's going to understand the words that I use versus someone else's. And I've been scared to death because I'm like, of course there's that ego. What, what if no one likes them? What if people don't like that? What if this, and there's all this stuff. And I'm like, okay, hold on. We were feeling so good about this yesterday, (laughs) you know? And so it's like knowing that, you know, it's, it's not, it's not like once you get that enlightenment on that one awareness day, it's not the end. It's like tomorrow's a new day and there's a new thought later on and, and just being kind to yourself. And I love that you talked about grace. It's like, it's really, not easy to work on this, but it gets easier the yes. more you do it. 
Totally. Totally. It's almost like, like the client I had right before I jumped on with you, we talked about this being her spiritual training, you know, like training, whether you're training your mind, your soul, your body, you're going to go through resistance. You're going to have sore muscles. You're going to um, feel creaky sometimes, but it's pushing through that resistance in order to discover a power that maybe you haven't tapped into yet. That's why I think I love what you do because it's, it's all integrated. This mm-hmm. mind, body, soul existence, whatever the access point is, it's yeah. all a very, you know, can be um, a lesson that we take into every domain of our life. So I want to thank you. I, um, and I, I think it's like, you know, whatever gets you in, like you start mm-hmm. to get on yeah. the journey, right? So um, yeah. I want to go back to the afraid of our power, because I do think like a lot of people here, like I'll, I'm like, because the reason I named this Be It Till You See It is because people ask me all the time, like, how are you so confident? I'm like, I'm freaking scared. All the, I'm scared to death. I'm scared people aren't going to like me. I'm like literally afraid of what people are going to say. So I just be it. I'm like, well, if I wasn't scared, if I didn't care if people thought, what would I do? But I, I think a lot of people nod and go, yes. And then there's that fear. And a lot of people don't talk about, but that fear of the power of like what they're capable of. And, and is that that because of the learned behaviors as a child, or is it that we just haven't seen a lot of good people step into their, like, what, what is that? Why are we so afraid of that? Yeah. 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 So it's a big piece of it. I would say the predominant piece is the ego, the individual ego, but also the collective ego, because we, the ego thrives on fear and our, our, the systems and, you know, so much in society is thrives on fear. And a lot of the well-meaning, you know, not always, but, but generally well-meaning parents that we've had, um, they try to teach us things, but a lot of the, the lessons, a lot of the belief systems are based in fear, you know, and, and some rightly so to try to keep us safe. But, um, when we then are on this path, we'll say, you know, spiritual growth or personal development, trying to be the fullest expression of who we're meant to be, those outdated, I call them viral systems that we've been programmed with, get activated Mm -hmm. because our ego is the one that continues to keep us small, to keep us in the, what I call the illusion of safety, not actual safety. And so inevitably, in order to embody your your authentic power, we have to be willing to do the shadow work of unpacking what are the belief systems that are still entrenched in my fear-based ego. But I think a lot of it is conditioned, is programmed yeah. you know, throughout our life. Yeah. No, it's um, you're so correct because I had, I had um, an accountability coach from a program I did, and uh-huh. I was telling them what I was worried about. It's like three years ago, I just started the company and I was like, well, I'm so afraid because like, if my, pro, my, if my platform gets really big, then my friends who own their platform, what if they get mad at me? Cause I'm not trying to take their people. And she's like, oh. and I heard myself say it, right. I said it out loud, yeah, yeah. which is always interesting. And then she's like, you have such a fear of success. And I was like, who would have a fear of success? Right. Like, right. that sounds so dumb, but like it, as you say, like a fear of our own power, it, that's it. Right. Like, because yeah. I you know, like for whatever reason I was, I had this belief that I've like, I bragged or I did better than other people would be able to do, but I, who knows what that came from. But as you say that, I'm thinking like, 
how interesting it kind of correlates. It's like, if you haven't seen it, if you haven't seen that around you, or if you, if for whatever reason you were told like, Hey, you'll, you'll hurt people's feelings. If you talk about the good things that you're doing, you know, like that's bragging. Like we, we do get in that. And then the ego is keeping us safe. Cause it's like, well, don't do that. Cause you're going to get hurt. Like you're going to hurt someone like all that stuff. And it's so interesting because we don't even know it until like we're going through life and then it gets, it causes issues. It causes friction. It causes this frustration in us. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so it's just, it's so fascinating, but I am just going through this thing and I'm like, oh my God, it's such a, like, as I say, who would have a fear of their own power? I'm like, well, I have such a fear of success that I have to call out all that. I'm like, oh, this is my fear of success talking. Right. <laughs> totally. Totally. And I know it's so interesting because our, our initial response is like, who would be afraid of that? Like who would be afraid of success or expansion or power or whatever. But when you really unpack it, it's like, oh yeah, that's like a deep part of our core, you know, growth area. Yeah. is is owning is owning our true power because true authentic power has nothing to prove you know you, and i'm sure you you because you've interviewed so many amazing people it's like when you're in the midst of that of someone's presence that that embodies that there's like this lack of striving there's just lack of pushing it's like they just are because they know their worth and they love themselves um deeply yeah it's you are that is so true like i would I remember in my uh, like major hustle days, not the fun hustle, not the like hustle that kind of has to like come, like you got to do a little bit of work, but like Uh in the striving, like I've just got to push this boulder up a mountain. I would look Uh at some of these people that I like admired so much. I'm like, they just look like this is, they just make it look like they're at ease. Like they're like, like so chill. And it's, and it's, um, and I thought maybe it comes with time or practice, but I, the more I dive into this and like listening to you, it's like, no, they just are getting that ego out of the way more yeah. often than not. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, okay, we don't want to demonize the ego. We just want to soften it enough. So our true authentic self and power can shine through. Mm. Oh my gosh, girl. I could talk. I, I feel like I could talk for hours. I'm like, how do we just, I agree. Like, like, when do I get to? <laughs> How do I get to work with you more? Okay, so we're going to take a quick break and then we are going to find out how we can um, find you, follow you, stalk you in all the good ways. Awesome. I know how much you're enjoying this show. Me too. If you're looking to make more time for you and have more energy, get my free 30 minutes Pilates class at onlinepilatesclasses.com slash be it pod. If you're new here or haven't done this yet, this is a great way to start making yourself a priority. So head over to onlinepilatesclasses.com slash B-E-I-T-P-O-D. Now back to the show. Okay, so where do you like to hang out? How do people get to work with you? Okay, so you can check out more of my work on my website, lenafranklin.com, L-E-N-A, franklin.com. And also um, my husband and I just launched the East Institute, which is a learning institute um, that embodies ancient healing modalities. And we support people and work with people through the East Institute as well. And that's the eastinstitute.com. And um, I would love to- That's so cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's been amazing. It's a global organization that really, we, we think of ourselves as a bridge between East and West and really bringing ancient practices to the West in a really accessible way. So oh, check it out. My gosh, I'm going to. Also, anytime I hear someone works with their husband, I'm like, oh, hi, me too. Yes, I know. <laughs> I know. I love that. I love that we have that parallel because it's, yeah. Anyhow, that's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, someday we can go, this is how you work with your 
your husband. <laughs> right, exactly. This is how you um, work with your husband and survive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, well, um, amazing. Everyone check out Lena Franklin on Instagram and the East Institute. Before I let you go, I mean, you've given us so many great tips that being, I'm going to like put on my wall, uh, but any other bold, executable, intrinsic or targeted tips that people can take away and take some action on um, in their life from this conversation? Yeah, there is a, I call like a mindset mindfulness hack that I use every day throughout the day. And it has been one of the tools that has been so accessible and transformative for my own life, my own growth, but also for my clients and students. Um, so it's called the three A's and it's, it's a way for you to reprogram your thoughts and align more deeply with what you truly desire. Um, and I'll just run through it real quick so yeah. people have it. But the first, the first A is to acknowledge, acknowledge the thought you don't want to feel, acknowledge the judgment, acknowledge the negativity. So again, with compassion, um, the second A is to accept you're just having this thought because you're human. You know, this is a part of your human humanness. We all have thoughts we're not proud of that we don't want to think or we don't want to own. So this is like the action piece of, you know, shifting into your heart and just um, acknowledging that's a part of your humanness. And then the third A is the transformative piece, piece and that's alternative action. What are you going to do differently? Mm-hmm. So it could be implementing a mantra, a thought that you want to feel that you want to embody. It could be changing your habit, you know, a little micro shift every day to shift a habit. It could be grounding yourself in the moment to shift from that hypermental energy into your body. But that alternative action piece is the transformative piece of change and transformation. So the three A's, it's like how I work with my own mind on a day-to-day basis. And it's really, it's really helpful. Very powerful. So powerful. So I like envision myself just going through those steps and that alternative yeah. action is like, that's the best part because it's like, you can yeah. actually like make the decision to change in the moment. Right. Exactly. Oh, so empowering. Yeah. Thank you. You're amazing. Beautiful. Um, I hope to, we have to figure out ways to run into each other. I'm going to definitely become your new best friend. (laughs) Come on sister. Let's do it. (laughs) Wonderful. Well, be a listener. Thank you so much for listening to this. How are you going to use these tips in your life? Do me a huge favor screenshot this tag, Lena Franklin, tag the be it pod and let us know. And, and you know what, do a favor, send the link to this pod to a friend because I, 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 if this changed for you and something in your head, it's going to change for someone else. And if we, as a collective, even just actually understand being aware, the first part, <laughs> being aware, yeah, we can like really change the world there. Thank you so much for being here, everyone. Until next time, be it till you see it. That's all I got for this episode of the Be It Till You See It podcast. One thing that would help both myself and future listeners is for you to rate the show and leave a review and follow or subscribe for free wherever you listen to your podcast. Also, make sure to introduce yourself over at the Be It Pod on Instagram. I would love to know more about you. Share this episode with whoever you think needs to hear it. Help us and others be it till you see it. Have an awesome day.
See It Till You See It is a production of As the Crows Fly Media. It's written, produced, filmed, and recorded by your host, Leslie Logan, and me, Brad Kroll. Our associate producer is Amanda Fratarelli. Kevin Perez at Desenio handles all of our audio editing. Our theme music is by Ali at Apex Production Music. And our branding by designer and artist, Gianfranco Chofi. Special thanks to our designer, Jaira Mandal, for creating all of our visuals, which you can't see because this is a podcast. And our digital producer, Jay Pedroso, for editing all the video each week so you can. And to Angelina Herrico for transcribing each of our episodes so you can find them on our website. And finally, to Meredith Kroll for keeping us all on point and on time. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.